0: On paper, the 6-4 Seahawks should be heavy favorites against the 3-7 and seven Raiders heading into this weekend's contest, but the Raiders have a lot of talent for a team four games under five hundred. Rob Rang and I are going to be breaking down all the key matchups to watch in Week 12 on our Wednesday edition of Locked on Seahawks. You are Locked on Seahawks. Your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team
1: every day.
0: Greetings, 12s. This is Corbin Smith, your lead host for Locked On Seahawks. Joining me is, as always, my co host in crime, Rob Rang. Happy Matchup Wednesday to all of our listeners, and as always, Thanks to all of our listeners for making Locked on Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We greatly appreciate it. And as always, a warm welcome to our new listeners as well. Jam-packed matchup Wednesday coming your way. The Raiders might be four games under 500, but this is still a team with a lot of star power on both sides of the ball, creating some very fascinating matchups heading into this Week 12 matchup at Lumen Field on Sunday. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash NFL. Now for your lead story here on our matchup Wednesday edition of Locked On Seahawks. Preparation for week 12 is officially underway at the VMAC. The Seahawks having their second practice of the week. going to have tomorrow off with Thanksgiving and they're in second place in the NFC West. But Same record as 49ers just losing out from tiebreakers. That's why they are not in the driver's seat right now. Really, Rob, everything is still very much in front of the Seahawks in a winnable division. And with the Rams and the Cardinals both losing this weekend, yeah, the 49ers won. But this really has turned into a two-horse race. It's hard to envision the Rams or Cardinals getting back into it. And that works favorably for the Seahawks, who just have two games left with the Rams and have already swept the Cardinals in the first half of the season.
1: Yeah, ex- Exactly as you said, Corbin. I mean, this has become a two-horse race. I mean, you look at those of you who are on YouTube can see it for yourselves, but for those of you who are not, the the 49ers and the Seahawks both have identical six and four records. The Cardinals at four and seven, the Rams at three and seven are really in a difficult position at this point. And so considering the fact that Seattle has already swept the Cardinals, that they have an opportunity to do the same thing against the Los Angeles Rams. The Super Bowl, defending champion Los Angeles Rams, I should mention that then, then you have an opportunity really to kind of salt this thing away. And you still have another game against the 49ers in Lumen Field later on this season. So it Seattle just has to kind of do what they do. You have to be able to beat the Las Vegas Raiders here in a home game when you know that the Raiders are one in five on the road this season, if you were able to do so. Then you have a you are in position to be able to kind of you know seize your own victory here, and that to me is one of the most exciting things about this is that the 49 seem to be kind of ascending right now, but the Seahawks are kind of doing exactly what they do. That over Pete Carroll's entire career with the Seahawks, the Seala has played very, very well in the second half of the seasons. And that is why I think that Seattle is still just kind of on the upswing here and in position to steal away the NFC West division. We hear the
0: saying, control your destiny a lot. And I feel like it gets used a bit too much. It becomes cliche because there's a lot of times where you really don't control your own destiny. But in the case of the Seahawks here, you are tied for first place at six and four. You're in a position at minimum to get a wild card. But I mean, you're in a very good shot to win the division and This is a division that I think everybody thought was going to be at least a three-horse race for most of the season. I mean, nobody saw the Rams having the season play out the way it has for them, and even the Cardinals. Now, Arizona was a team I remember you and I talking about for the season. They were the one team I thought that if Seattle wasn't going to finish in fourth place, the Cardinals were the team that I thought might slip back just because of how poorly they played the second half last season and that carried over there was a hangover this season and they've been awful most of the year now they're dealing with injuries especially with Kyler murray being out so this really has turned into a 49ers versus seahawks race and the two bitter rivals being at the top that's what you want if you're a seahawks fan i mean you want those two teams to be the two that are duking it out and you know the 49ers have been viewed as a contender since before the season started with the defense they've got the running game adding christian mccaffrey so To be in that position now where you still get one more matchup with them to get a little revenge for Week 2, that game is going to be huge. And those two games against the Rams with them being down and out, you got to find a way to win at least one, if not both of those games with where they're at right now. Those are still going to be tough games. They're in division. you still got to deal with Aaron Donald and some of the other good players they've got. But those are games that are now definitely winnable, and that puts the Seahawks in a pretty good position. You look at the playoff odds – Losing to the Buccaneers and then having the 49ers win on Monday night has swung the momentum into the 49ers' favor to win this division. According to 538, they're at 70% odds to win the NFC West. The Seahawks are at 30%. So, again, this is a two horse race. The Cardinals at 0.3%, the Rams 0.2%. They have almost reached the point of no return when it comes to winning this division. The 49ers and Seahawks. They are the two teams playing for that title. As for the playoffs, the 49ers at 90%, almost a 100%. They are expected to make the postseason. The Seahawks are not that far behind them at 78%. They've still got pretty good odds to make the postseason if they take care of business. The other two teams, the Cardinals at 3% and the Rams at 2%. Again, those two teams, a lot of people thought were going to be in playoff contention again right now. They are almost on the verge of being eliminated here going into week 12. It has reached desperate measures for these two football teams the Seahawks and Cardinals they're enjoying that our Seahawks and the 49ers are enjoying that it's a great opportunity for them now to compete against each other to win that division let's look at upcoming schedules here real quick Rob and I know this is something we were talking about before the show but we look at this every week because the NFL is truly a week-to-week league and we've seen some crazy upsets as the season has unfolded last year we saw Jacksonville go to Buffalo and beat the Bills weird things happen but Still, the Seahawks with this game against the Raiders, the Rams, where they're at, they might not have Matthew Stafford or Cooper Cup in two weeks. The Panthers are one of the worst teams in the NFL. They've got three very winnable games here before two very difficult ones at home against the 49ers, then traveling to Arrowhead to face the Chiefs on Christmas Eve. I still would take this schedule, though, over what these other three teams have. I mean, the 49ers have some easier games on here, but I mean, look at the rest of their schedule. Dolphins, Buccaneers, those are going to be difficult games. At Seattle, that's never easy. And the Commanders have been one of the hottest teams in football the last month, and they're right back in the playoff race. That's four of their five games, and the Saints have upset some teams this year too, even though they got a bad record. So, again, these games all have to play out, but it does feel like the Seahawks are in pretty good shape compared to the rest of these teams, including the 49ers.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I mean, especially if you look at the 49ers' record. I mean, at the same or you're, you're a host the Saints. Seattle knows how difficult the Saints are themselves. The Dolphins, as you mentioned, are one of the more dynamic teams. And, you know, the Buccaneers, certainly with Tom Brady, that is a difficult team. And then when they come into Seattle in week 17, to me, that is a huge, huge matchup. And we know the way the 12s can get up when it's the end of the season and then finishing on the road with as far away as you possibly can get if you're going to stay in this country with the Washington Commanders. I, I think that, that kind of sets up for an interesting matchup for the, the you know San Francisco 49ers and, and the way that their schedule kind of lines up, that, that is difficult for them. Whereas you look at Seattle, you have a very winnable game here at the race, at least on paper. I think that this is a scary matchup as we're going to break down here in a couple of moments. And then after. the rams hosting the carolina panthers hosting the, the the 49ers and then certainly against the chiefs and arrowhead that sounds scary but it's going to be week 18 and if the, the kansas state chiefs are the team that i think that they are i don't know that they are going to really be that serious about their week 18 match i think they might be you know kind of Putting in their starters on on the sideline and allowing them to rest for you know a bye week essentially. So Rob I can't wait for
0: the playoffs, ladies and gentlemen. That is week sixteen, by the way.
1: <laughs> we, well, still yeah, have, exactly. we
0: still have, we still got seven games. So.
1: Yeah, exactly, and that's that's my point. Is I, I just look at the way that the rest of the schedule lines up, and I just don't think that the Seahawks have as difficult of a schedule as it looks on paper. I think that the 49ers have easily as difficult of a schedule. The Rams and Cardinals, unless they are suddenly going to have some miraculous comeback, I just don't see it happening. I, I really look at this as a, as the two-horse race that you just mentioned, Corbin, and the Seahawks should be able to compete long-term going, for, moving forward.
0: And the Seahawks are not going to take anybody lightly, but I guess the narrative here that we are trying to push is that the Seahawks do truly have everything in front of them. They've got a favorable schedule. They're playing a ton of their games at home in these final seven games, five of them to be exact. And so they've got a lot of advantages working in their favor. They're pretty healthy, knock on wood. So – Everything is in front of them to win this division. They've got to take care of business, though, and that starts on Sunday, a game that I think is going to be tougher than a lot of people are expecting because the Raiders still have plenty of star power, and we're going to get to some of those stars coming up next on our weekly matchup Wednesday segment. We're going to look at the Seahawks on offense against the Raiders on defense coming up next here on the Locked On Seahawks podcast. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Life can be full of challenges. Recently, our family has undergone significant strife with family members dealing with debilitating health issues. It's really been a struggle for me as well as the rest of my family to cope with it mentally. Life can be full of twists and turns, so it's important to show yourself through it all. And BetterHelp Online Therapy will assess your needs and can match you with your own licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. Therapy worked wonders for me, but don't just take my word for it. Having someone in your corner to guide you when you're struggling to navigate obstacles is truly invaluable. It's not just a crisis line. It's not just self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. With therapy, it can take a few tries to find the right fit for you. BetterHelp is a great way to invest in yourself, and BetterHelp has a special offer for our listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com. That's 10% off your first month of online therapy at betterhelp.com slash locked on. You're listening to Matchup Wednesday here on the Locked On Seahawks podcast. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. Glad to be joined, as always, by my co-host in crime, Rob Rank. Thanks to all the 12s out there for making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week we greatly appreciate and we also appreciate our first time listeners as well glad to have you on board and hopefully this won't be your last locked on seahawks that you listen to all right rob let's get to the matchups matchup wednesday seahawks getting ready to host the las vegas raiders who come into this game at three and seven they did just get a big win in overtime over the denver broncos They swept the Broncos this year. That's two of their three wins. The Seahawks also beat the Broncos in week one. So that's something these teams share, their dominance over Denver this season. But this is a Raiders team that has a lot more talent, at least on paper, than their three and seven record would suggest. And everything with the Raiders defense starts up front with their two edge rushers, in particular Max Crosby, who at this point, Rob, I think he is the best pure pass rusher in the NFL. You look at the numbers, he's got nine sacks, 38 pressures. He has a relentless motor, and the guy just always seems to find his way in the backfield. He also plays a ton of snaps. This guy is a tireless worker, constantly getting after the quarterback. Charles Cross, Abraham Lucas, this is going to be one of the toughest tests they have the entire season. I know the Raiders' defense statistically is not great, but if you do not account for Max Crosby, he can be one of those edge rushers that can single-handedly obliterate a game plan and could give Geno Smith a lot of headaches.
1: Yeah, and that isn't just wordplay from you, Corbin. That's exactly what Pete Carroll said. He, he said that this was the best pass rusher they've played so far this season. You know, if he had played at Alabama, Ohio State, University of Washington, somewhere like that, You know, a 6'5, 255 pounder who ran in the 4'6s, who had a 36 inch vertical jump, who was the dominant player that he was throughout his college career. This would have been a first round pick. Instead, he winds up going in the fourth round to the Raiders. And people, like, you know, are walking around surprised that he has become a dominant player at the NFL level. You know, the, the stats suggest that he was going to be a dominant player. Player. So whether it be Charles Cross, whether it be Abraham Lucas, either one of Seattle's rookie offensive tackles, bring your hard hats, you know, a couple of days after the Thanksgiving holiday because this is going to be a Dominant player who can absolutely take over this football game. And then, oh, by the way, the guy on the other side is Chandler Jones, the guy who has more sacks against the Seattle Seahawks than any other player in all of the NFL. This is a formidable pass rush that the Seahawks are facing here. I think that they're very lucky that this game is in Lumen Field rather than Las Vegas, because I think that this is the single biggest matchup that the Seahawks have to worry about. Everybody's going to be talking about Devontae Adams. We're going to talk about him in a couple of moments. But if you want to talk about a, a group of players that can absolutely control this football game, can send all of Seattle's playoff aspirations down the toilet, then they are Max Crosby and Chandler Jones.
0: And Chandler Jones has had a quiet first year in Las Vegas. That might not necessarily be a good thing because he always seems to figure it out when he comes to Lumen Field. All those years dominating off the edge for the Cardinals and Russell Wilson having nightmares, having to deal with him twice a year now in the AFC West, too. He is tired of seeing Chandler Jones. Geno Smith is hoping his two rookie tackles can keep those two away from him well enough that he is able to get the football to his receivers and his tight ends, because I think that's the thing that makes this fascinating. This is truly one of those matchups that you can say, if Geno Smith just has time to throw the football, you really like the matchups on the outside. This Raiders defense has been bad for a reason. Their secondary has been one of the worst in the NFL. Their linebackers are near the bottom of the NFL in pretty much every metric that you can look at. And for me, the biggest matchup that can go in Seattle's favor, and again, this boils down to: Can you give Geno Smith enough time to work in the pocket and let his receivers get open? But I look at this matchup on the outside for the Seahawks: Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, in particular, going up against this Raiders secondary. You look at the numbers, Rob. Rocky Sin has been solid; hasn't allowed a touchdown this year. Four pass breakups. They have been playing musical chairs at the other position, though. Amik Robertson's been the starter most recently. He's given up three touchdowns in just four starts. QB rating against him above 125. And so I think really what makes this intriguing, there's a very familiar name that is now on the Raiders roster, and he played double-digit uh, snaps last weekend for the Raiders, and that is Sidney Jones. So this could be a little bit of a revenge game opportunity for Sidney yep. Jones going up against his former teammates, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. The Raiders need a little bit of a boost there, so we could see Sidney Jones either way. You've got to like the matchups in Seattle's favor here against a corner group that's been blistered most of this season.
1: No, I, I do. On paper, I'm con- very concerned about. It in reality, because as you as, as we just talked about, I mean, I think that Las Vegas's pass rush is much more formidable than than people on paper, the the stats analysts out there would suggest. And yeah, I think that Sidney Jones is a good football player. I think he's a starting NFL cornerback. And the fact that the Raiders essentially stole him now, and I think that he is going to have all kinds of incentive to play very well against Seattle. Very well, excuse me, against Seattle. I think that is scary. And, you know, Rocky Sin is a good football player. As you just mentioned, he hasn't allowed a single touchdown all season long. I mean, that that's formidable. And then Nick Robertson, he's 5'8". So, five-a corners in today's NFL are going to struggle against the size, speed freaks that we see at the wide receiver position. But at the same time, his ball hawking skills are very well known throughout the NFL. They certainly were well known at Louisiana Tech. If he slides inside to that nickel spot and they move Sidney Jones outside, um, then I think that that's something Seattle has to be very concerned about. Geno Smith and the Seahawks wide receivers had better be on point because. It Again, this is a defensive secondary that can absolutely turn this game around and silence that Lumenfield crowd. So to me, again, this is another matchup that I think looks really, really good on paper for the Seahawks. And there's no question about it. I mean, DK Metcalf is a freak. I mean, if DK Metcalf comes into this game and is able to just take over the way that he can, if it, 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 Tyler... Tyler Lockett is able to do what he does no one can run with Marquise Goodwin let's be real about this but at the same time I think that this is a spooky matchup in a lot of different ways and I think that Las Vegas's secondary is a big part of that
0: I will say this though you know we can keep playing the don't take any opponent for granted card and the Raiders do have some talent but The Seahawks, it feels like this has been a weekly thing, but when you've got three of the top 20 graded tight ends on your roster, according to Pro Football Focus, you get the football to your tight ends, and this Raiders defense has been awful against tight ends this year. I feel like it's been a weekly thing. The Seahawks, every week, are playing teams that can't defend the tight end. Now, they didn't come out against the Buccaneers and really target their tight ends. Second half got them involved. Get him involved early because this Raiders defense, they are missing Divine Diablo, one of my favorite names in the NFL, and a really darn good football player at that. He was leading the team in tackles when he was placed in injured reserve a few weeks ago. And they've been playing Roderick Teemer in his place. And No offense to Roderick Teamer, but he is not near the player that Diablo is. And the Raiders have some major depth concerns at the safety spot, too. They've given up six touchdowns to tight ends this year. They're in the top five in receptions allowed against tight ends. This should be a game. If Geno Smith's going to have to get the ball out quickly, which we know he's probably going to have to do, at least early with those pass rushers that the Raiders have coming off the edge, You've got your tight end security blankets, and you are playing a defense that has not been able to stop that position most of the year. Open up the rest of your offense with the tight ends, and don't wait till the third quarter to do it. Get them involved early, and I think you'll see the rest of the offense be able to get going against a defense that, quite frankly, has been near the bottom of the league in every major category pretty much all season long.
1: Corbin, you throw the words right out of my mouth. I mean, that is a critical matchup for Seattle is you have to get your tight ends involved in this football game. I think that when you, you look at the fact that the Las Vegas Raiders have, have struggled against tight ends this season, then you might think, okay, well, they play against the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, Travis Kelsey has just been, you know, uh, unbelievable so far this season, but they've only played Travis Kelce the Kansas City Chiefs the one time so far this season. They played against the Arizona Cardinals. Zach Ertz had a pretty solid game against them. They've played against some pretty solid tight ends. They have not played against the number of tight ends that would lead you to think that maybe this was just kind of, you know, silly numbers that are arguing that Las Vegas is especially vulnerable to tight ends. No, they really have been struggling that much against that position. And, and again, with Seattle and the three-headed monster that they have at the tight end position, we've talked about this so many times before. This is truly one of the unique things that Seattle brings to the table. And so I think that you have to take advantage of that from the get-go. As you said, don't wait till the third quarter is the way the Seahawks did against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That was part of the reason why you lost that football game is that you know Tampa Bay has two dynamic linebackers, but at the same time, if they are rushing downhill towards the line of scrimmage instead of dropping back into coverage, then you are allowing them to take full advantage of what they do. And and one of the reasons that I'm a little bit concerned is I think if Seattle does not take advantage of their tight ends, if they allow Denzel Perryman, a good middle linebacker, instinctive, physical. Loves to run downhill, can rack up tackles at the line of scrimmage. If you allow him to eat up Seattle's running game instead of forcing him to play back, then that is just playing the Las Vegas Raiders, you know, wheelhouse here. And so to me, as you just said, Take advantage of the matchups that you have at this at the linebacker and safety positions. And if Seattle f- takes full advantage of their safe or their tight ends, excuse me, then I really think that this is a position where Seattle could really exploit this. This could be a game that they run away from. If they do not, then you're gonna allow the Raiders to play deep into the fourth quarter and they could steal a victory out of Lumen Field.
0: Yeah, I really think the tight ends are as key of a position group as any. And you're going to need them to help chip block on those edge rushers, too. So it's going to be an important game for these tight ends to bring it. Geno Smith getting the ball to him. Shane Waldron orchestrating the plays to get the football to the tight ends in the passing game. And I think that will be one of those things that can open up the rest of your offense as the game progresses, if you're really torching them with your tight ends. We're going to shift to the Seahawks on defense coming up next. The Raiders still have plenty of weapons on offense, even though they're missing a few guys in reserve. It's still a team that can put some points on the board. They can run the ball. They can throw the ball. We're going to look at the key matchups to watch when Seattle's on defense on Sunday. Coming up next here on our Matchup Wednesday edition of Locked On Seahawks. As you gear up for the busy holiday season, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. As a former site manager and current podcast host, I've made plenty of hires over the years, and LinkedIn has always been a go-to for me to find top candidates in sports media. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. They have simple tools like screening questions that make it easier to focus on candidates with the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Matchup Wednesday here on Locked On Seahawks. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. Joining me as always, my co-host in crime, Rob Ring. A special thanks to all the 12s out there that make Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We greatly appreciate it. And for your second listen, make sure to check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. They've got the biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Rob, continuing our weekly matchup. Wednesday segments we just looked at the Seahawks on offense against the Raiders and the Raiders D has not been very good this year really by any metric but on offense though they've had their games where they've really struggled they've been inconsistent this is still an offense that has some premium weapons in the running game and in the passing game and looking at this offense I think everything starts and finishes on the outside with still probably the best receiver in the NFL, Devontae Adams. And this really is a matchup that concerns all of Seattle's corners because he is not a one-trick pony. Devontae Adams, as Pete Carroll outlined yesterday, can do it all, and that includes torching teams from the slot.
1: <laughs> Devontae Adams is the best receiver in football core, at least in my opinion. A- as you said, he can torture teams from the slot. I, I watched him line up in the left. I watched him line up in the slot. I watched him line up on the right. I watched him line up in first down, second down, third down and continue to make plays. As Pete Carroll said, he basically can tell the cornerback exactly what route that he is going to run. He has that type of body control and he and Derek Carr going all the way back to their Fresno state days, have that type of rapport that they can get open on anybody. And, And so to me, As excited as I am about the, you know, just the fun scouting matchup that it is between Max Crosby and Chandler Jones and Seattle's offensive tackles, Devontae Adams against a host of Seattle defensive backs. I, I think really is the matchup that you have to watch in this football game. I mean, he can take over this game. He he did it against the Denver Broncos a, a week ago where he caught two touchdowns, including the game winner in overtime. Let's go back a week before that where he went up against the Indianapolis Colts team, really good football team. Nine catches, 126 yards and a touchdown, including a long of 48 yards. Then you go back a week before that, Jacksonville Jaguars, 10 catches, 146 yards another two touchdowns against them those are three quality secondaries here and so considering the fact that Seattle has two rookies starting their secondary obviously Tariq Wolden is a true starter but Kobe Bryant at the nickel position is essentially a starter I think this is a huge area of concern for the Seahawks if they lose this game I promise you Devontae Adams goes off
0: yeah, it's concerning when you just consider what he's been able to do, even without Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, who are both on injured reserve. The Seahawks, they're thankful for that here in the holiday season, that they don't have to deal with those two guys. But it doesn't matter because Devontae Adams is one of those rare receivers that can have nobody behind him that's of substance and still dominate games. Because as Pete Carroll pointed out, you know he can tell defenders, hey, this is the route I'm running, stop it. And they're probably not going to stop it because he's just that darn good and looking at his slot numbers the reason that i had those you watching on youtube the reason i had kobe Bryant as the highlight player here devontae adams has been targeted 28 times from the slot according to pro football focus he has 26 catches on those 28 targets so over 92 percent catch rate 336 yards he's averaging almost six yards per catch after the catch so this guy's creating after the catch and oh by the way He has six receptions of 20 plus yards this year. There is another player in football that has more than four. He has six of them this year. So he is a deep threat. He can beat you in the intermediate. He can beat you from the outside positions. He can beat you from the slot. He is, in my opinion, still the best receiver in football. So, The best challenge of Tariq Woolen's young career is coming. The best challenge that Mike Jackson has dealt with is coming. And certainly for Kobe Bryant, you had to deal with Mike Evans last time. Well, Mike Evans is a great player, but this is another level going against Devontae Adams who is going to run routes all over the formation, and so good luck to Seattle's corners. This is certainly the matchup you want to get your popcorn ready for, but at the same time, if the Seahawks corners don't bring it, it's going to be really difficult for them. Now, let's go to the backfield. I got to talk running backs. We haven't talked to any running backs this show. You know, I didn't mention Ken Walker III at all last quarter, and I feel like the run game for Seattle is still going to be important. It just wasn't one of our top three matchups, but I look at the Raiders running back, former first-round pick out of Alabama, Josh Jacobs. And, Rob, he has had one of the most impressive seasons for a running back in the NFL this year with all the issues the Raiders have been dealing with this season. He has 930 rushing yards and 183 attempts, a very healthy 5.1 yards per carry, seven touchdowns. And this is the number that really jumps out to me. He is second in the NFL with 665 yards after contact. And oh, by the way, he also has racked up more missed tackles, according to PFF, than any running back in the league with 58 of them. So this guy is a tackle breaking machine, can run between the tackles, can run off tackle. He has the second most 10 plus yard runs in the NFL. He's been able to do everything, even with the struggles that the Raiders have had. And I can tell you it's not on the offensive line. We'll talk about this a little bit later, but this has truly been a running back that's been a difference maker for the Raiders offense with his ability to create after contact. We know the Seahawks run defense issues for a good portion this year the missed tackle problems. You better shore that up this week or Josh Jacobs is another player that can take over this game and keep the Raiders within striking distance to pull off the upset.
1: He absolutely can. I mean, I think if there's any running back in the NFL that reminds you a little bit of Marshawn Lynch, currently it's Josh Jacobs. I mean, he has that ability to make you miss in the backfield. Uh, with his kind of dead legs, his his stiff arms, his spin away from contact, and then he could just put you on your pants. I mean, this is a physically aggressive player. He was that player, of Alabama, of course, before. But at the same time, because Alabama had just you know a pipeline to the NFL, then he didn't get the opportunities as a starter that you might expect of a guy of Josh Jacobs' talent. Um, you know, So with all the statistics that you want to throw out there, I mean, they all just kind of – Suggest that, hey, you should watch this guy because he is a difference maker. He absolutely is that. And then, you know, considering the fact that Seattle has struggled a little bit with some missed tackles at the linebacker and certainly at the safety positions, then it just makes it that much more frightening. Uh, And so to me, Josh Jacobs, I, I think that he is second to DeVonte Adams in terms of the players that we that, that the Seahawks should be concerned about but he's a close second and everybody else is a very very distant third because as you mentioned Darren Waller is on IR um you know some of their other receivers who are you know really good football players are are you know not likely to be playing in this game to me that's where you have to be able to shore up the, the you know against against what Las Vegas is able to do on offense. Josh Jacobs is that good. Seattle's linebacking core especially has to be able to kind of wrap him up at the line of scrimmage, be able to allow their secondary to come up and clean those tackles up because, again, Josh Jacobs is a very, very good football player who he and Devontae Adams, they can be the one-two punch that absolutely ends Seattle's playoff expectations very early this year. Swarm to the ball.
0: This is one of those matchups. You're not going to be able to get Josh Jacobs down with one guy all the time. You have to have multiple defenders flying to him because of his power, his ability to push the pile forward. You need to have everybody humming towards him when he's got the football swarmed to him and get him down, limit the yards after contact. If you can do that, you have a chance of success. And he's a guy that can do some damage out of the backfield. as a receiver, too, has 34 receptions this season, had a nice catch in last week's game on a wheel route. So he can do some things in all facets of the game for the Raiders, and he is a key player if there's a silver lining for the Seahawks. As I mentioned a few moments ago, this offensive line, the tackles have been actually pretty solid, and they've done a good job keeping Derek Carr clean car helps out by getting rid of the football so quickly when you're playing a quarterback like that it's very similar to what we talked about Tom Brady going into that Munich matchup A, a quarterback that excels at getting the ball out quickly what is the best way to get pressure on him from inside out and this is a opponent in the Raiders that they're playing some young offensive linemen in the interior and they've had their issues Dylan Parham the rookie out of Memphis has allowed 27 quarterback pressures that's the fourth most in the NFL by a guard and then Alex Barr is their other starter at guard. He has given up 20 pressures, and he's played in two less games. And so that has really been an issue for the Raiders, is giving up interior pressure on Derek Carr. And to me, that's the biggest key when you're dealing with a quarterback like this that is – very cerebral that does a great job with a quick release of getting the ball out. If you want to limit Derek Carr's ability to get it to Devontae Adams, the best way to do that, Shelby Harris, Quentin Jefferson, and I'm calling you out, Puna Ford. This needs to be a game that Puna Ford steps up and is able to generate multiple pressures from the interior. If you are able to get good games from those three players, not only defending the run, but also creating pressure from the interior, That can create some opportunities for your edge rushers, and it certainly takes some of the pressure off of your secondary going against an elite player like Devontae Adams. And so I think this is a huge game for Quentin Jefferson, Shelby Harris, and Puna Ford, your athletic defensive tackles. Get after the quarterback someplace, sound run defense. They can be game changers in this game because if you can put some heat uh, heat on Derek Carr early and you can limit Josh Jacobs – it's going to be that much tougher for Devontae Adams to win this game by himself as a wide receiver. So I think the interior play on defense, they did have a great game against the Buccaneers. You need to play better against this Raiders team, or you could see a similar result in a losing effort.
1: Corbin, so I love the fact that you just mentioned the the struggles that the Las Vegas Raiders have had in the interior. I mean, if you lose a pro bowler like Gabe Jackson, a pro bowler like Rodney Hudson over the last couple of seasons at the guard and center positions, then you are going to struggle. And, you know, I hey, my my wife literally is a proud graduate of Fresno State. I remember watching Derek Carr and Devontae Adams with the Bulldogs all those years ago. And while they are terrific football players, if you hit Derek Carr in the mouth a couple of times, then he is not nearly as productive and accurate of a passer as he can be when he feels very confident in the pocket. He's a little bit like Tom Brady in that regard. If you give him a little bit of time, then he is very, very effective. But again, if you can put some pressure on him, get him to move his spot, then he can struggle a little bit. So all of the athletic pass rushers from the interior that you just mentioned, Shelby Harris and Quentin Jefferson and Puna Ford, I I absolutely think that they can take over this football game. For the Seahawks, especially considering that this is a game in Lumen Field, but I also think that Al Woods, perhaps even Brian Monet, they might be able to take advantage of this game. And that is one of the things I wanted to mention here is just how good the Al Woods has been. I think as athletic as Seattle's interior pass rushers are, just. Big size and physicality can also take over this football game. And so to me, you know, I I don't want to make a joke about this, but the Las Vegas Raiders, they're always going to be doubling down. And I think that if you are able to take advantage of the fact that Josh McDaniels has always been a guy who has been willing to double down on 12s and 13s, then you can embarrass this team. This is a team that could walk into Seattle and beat you. But if they're going to get cute, and if you are able to get that interior pressure, then I think that Seattle can embarrass them as well. This could be a game in which the Las Vegas Raiders are able to walk in, just as they did in Denver, and escape with a victory. But this is also a game that Seattle's defensive line is able to apply pressure on Derek Carr. They might be able to win this game by 10, 20 points or more.
0: Yeah, there's definitely some similarities in terms of what might be on the game plan this week, comparing the Raiders to Buccaneers. There's some big differences too, and we'll be getting to that on our Friday episode after the Thanksgiving break, but certainly. That is a matchup that should play to the advantage of the Seahawks if their defensive line can play to their potential and limit their mistakes, particularly with the run fits, be aggressive, getting after the passer. That should work well for the Seahawks going into this game. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Corbin Smith NFL. You can follow Rob at Rob Rang. Make sure to check out Locked on Seahawks and Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and streaming five days a week on YouTube. Coming up tomorrow, Thanksgiving holiday, we will have a crossover Thursday special coming your way with Locked On Raiders. Be looking for that to actually come out on Wednesday night. We're going to dish it out early so that we can enjoy some time with our families. Make sure that you enjoy time with your families as well, and maybe listen to Locked On Seahawks while you are enjoying your Thanksgiving meal. As always, thanks for listening. Enjoy the holiday. Go Hawks!